Um, okay, so we're heading over to Margaret River and we're going to have a chat with Nick Bowen from Howard Park. Good morning to you, Nick. Good morning, Simon. How are you? Going well, mate. Thank you. Um, and Jill's joining us as well. So, Hey, Nick. Um, I, I'm a fellow accolade person, or at least you, you used to be, so uh, we might touch on that later. Right from the old school. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> um, so, so now that you've graduated from school of accolade and you're now at Howard <laughs> Park, um, you, uh, you're sort of playing with some Rieslings and that's something that you've done in the past as well. But tell us a little bit about um, you know, Howard Park and, and the fact you've been there since, I think you said, the 2021 vintage you came over for. So um, how's it all going? Yeah, yeah. Um, things things are going well, um, and uh, I suppose Howard Parks had a. If we were sort of talking about Riesling in particular, sort of a really long history within Western Australia of making um, top end Rieslings. The the company started in the um, in the mid eighties, um, and uh, has uh, really refined the sites that uh, that we. We draw Riesling um, from from now um, within the the Mount Barker and the Prongrups regions of of the Great Southern, which is a little bit further south of where I'm, I'm talking to you from now. It's about by about four hours, but it's a a wonderful environment for um, for for growing Riesling. Has um, a cool uh, a cooler climate and lovely sort of dry summers that um, allow great flavour and acid um, development in in this sort of noble variety. Mm. Um, so yeah, we, we, we make a range of, um, of Rieslings, uh, not only to be sort of consumed early, but also, um, we have a museum program as well, where we allow these, um, these wines to develop in our, in our cellars and then, um, uh, save you the time and, and hassle of keeping them in your, your own cellar, um, so that they're, they're ready to consume, um, as soon as they leave, leave the winery. Would you, um, would you agree that, uh, from Great Southern, that Rieslings have this um, beautiful, you know, um, acid and, and freshness at, you know, when they're released. And then probably after a year or so, they kind of go to sleep until year five and then they wake up again. Yeah, I think that there's sort of a, um, within winemaking sort of circles, and we, we talk about that sort of being the, um, the sort of the lump or the hump or the dip, um, <laughs> whichever way you're looking at it. But, you know, when when the rieslings come out, they're really high in those um, monoterpene characters, those those really bright floral um, characteristics and bright um, lemon zest and whatnot. And as the wines age in bottle, um, they tend to go through a little period where they're a little bit mute um, on the mm. nose, um, but still have those lovely citrus um, and and lychee flavours on on the palate. And then, as the um, the wines sort of uh, develop in in glass, they um, they start to change from those floral aromatics to um, a different aromatic compound, um, which is a, a TDN, a trimethyl di- dihydronaphylene, which is quite a mouthful. That's very um, easy for you to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and those those compounds tend to be um, what you sort of see. Uh, they bring great complexity to the wine, so they sort of bring that nuttiness, a little bit of butter and toasted nuts. But as they as they get um, spend more time and develop in the bottle as well, they can they can manifest this sort of slightly um, petrochemical sort of diesely character, and um, that's that's something 
it can be a bit polarizing at times for people who haven't drank a lot of recently, but it's something I really enjoy. Mm. Um, I, I do those too. Those complexing agents, um, yep. sort of compounds coming out over time. Can you it, can you wine make around? Sorry, Jill. Um, can you wine make around that if you don't want it? Um, to an extent, uh, you can you can keep the the extraction a little bit lighter um, in. Um, um, in terms of uh, how you press those wines, probably how, how far you you get into the skins, because they tend to be those um, monotophenes characters tend to be a lot more in high concentration to the skin. So probably um, hand picking um, and then only taking the free run um, is going to reduce the um, reduce amount of the precursors that will produce those compounds later on. Right. Um, so wines with great uh, um, uh, great, greater percentage of the uh, the pressings, so the, the second cut on the press, they're going to have higher amounts of those compounds, but those ones tend to naturally age a bit faster anyway. So you, we would probably see those um, consumed at a younger age when they're, they're a bit bigger and richer um, at an earlier date. So there, there are things that we can do to... to, um, yeah, to um, influence Herbert. that uh, character. Mm. Mm. So I guess everything you've just been saying about about Riesling, that actually is that's it's sort of Riesling, Riesling generally, isn't it? It's not specific to your region of, of the Riesling. So we, whenever we do get someone on to speak about that varietal, um, we do we do bring up this comment because I think it's always fascinating to hear how long they say that you should be putting it down. But the mm. most fascinating thing is they can never actually say exactly how long. I mean, you, you mentioned before five years. And, you know, it really does depend, of course, on, on the wine, on the region. But um, but there's it's it's a little bit hit and miss. Have you ever actually met someone? One who who could actually say that is exactly how long you should put it down or not? Um, probably some far more capable winemakers that I'm thinking of Paul Lapsley um, and Tom Newton mm-hmm. um, yeah. being um, two guys that can that can really nail that down to probably a two year window. Um, wow. But I, I think we we sort of have an idea on the vintage um, how bright the fruit weight is, how good the acid balance is um, sure. when we're picking. Um, so we can generally make a um, an estimation of, of how long. The better years, the wine is going to have better fruit intensity, um, yeah, yeah. A, a lovely acid balance. They're going to last a lot, a lot longer. Mm. And the lesser years, maybe if we've had some trouble with um, rain and botrytis and things like that, they're mm. probably going to, to be better consumed a bit younger. But um, I think the, the conditions that you're aging your wine in as well has a big influence on um, on the longevity of those wines. Warmer sure. um, environments are going to allow the wines to develop quicker than cooler ones. So, yeah. um, that's where um, under the bed is not always the best, uh, <laughs> the best <laughs> place to store. <laughs> yeah, the cool spot in the, uh, in the pantry is probably better. Uh, Nick, for the purposes of uh, of our audience and and myself, we don't get a lot of people from Margaret River on the show. It purely from from a time perspective um, mm. uh, that we are quite early, so it is awesome to have you on. Um, I think when uh, most people, when they think of Margaret River wines, they think of the flagships, the Chardonnay and the Cab Sav. Um, mm. I don't think Riesling really is up there on, uh, unless it's someone who really is in the know. So can you give us a little bit of info about 
about Riesling from? I mean, you've given an explanation about the, the keeping down, but um, kind of talk us through Rieslings and how they grow in in Western Australia. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I suppose just for clarity, the, the Rieslings that we do are all from Great Southern, so we're looking at about three or four hours south of, of Margaret River. Of Margaret, um, yeah. So, so, so we, we make them um, in Margaret River, but um, the fruit we grow um, a, a bit further south of where we are. Um, and that, that environment is um, Mount Barker and, and there's another sub-region within the Great Southern region called Perongrups, which is really coming to the fore as, as, as some of the best Riesling country. Um, Perongrups is surrounded by these massive granite sort of boulder-like um, ridges that run through through the valleys um, of, of that mountain range. And below these massive sheer sort of granite um, faces, there's the eroded granite soil, um, granitic sands below the vineyards, and they are, um, and they're not particularly fertile lands. They're sort of, they're a bit gutless. So, mm. the um, <clears throat> the riesling naturally um, is naturally sort of regulated in how much it will produce fruit-wise. So we do get great concentration of flavour. Um, we're not having to hold the vines back because the soils uh, are sort of doing that itself, but. Um, what I think is wonderful about the prong grapes, you get this lovely, soft mineral line through the wines, and um, that really softens what can be quite a quite sort of tart acid profile. You would say, see from mm. say the Clare Valley, where they're really tight and acid and bracy, as they're a little bit softer, exactly the same acidities. Um, so we do have that sort of um, yeah, that, that sort of uh, varietal. Um, and regional difference um, in between some of the other Rieslings from from within Australia, say from Clare or Eden Valley, which are probably the two more mm. um, renowned areas. Yes. Um, mm. But winemaking in terms of Riesling is 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 probably some of the most simple winemaking you do because you want Riesling to be um, transmitting where it from where it's from. It's a great variety for doing that. Um, my wife is German. Uh, she has a saying. What's the German saying that that um, Riesling is poetry of the earth, um, <laughs> and that's something that I sort of I, I, I think about when I'm um, putting our Rieslings together. Does this really reflect um, the site that it comes from? So we look for those those characters where we have that that lovely soft mineral acidity, great sort of um, potpourri florals, and lovely juicy lemon and lime characteristics. Um, but the winemaking itself is not. You know, there's there's rarely any oak um, included mm. in Riesling, and there's rarely any sort of natural ferments as well. We use really basic selected yeasts and um, keep the extraction really low as well um, to keep that purity and transmission of sites. Um, Nick, uh, if we if we look at Rieslings, and I think this is a two part question. I'm sort of caught the bug from. Um, Jill, <laughs> who asked 17 <laughs> things in one question, right? Um, if you, if you look at Watervale Riesling, there's this lemon yeah. and lime thing that you can kind of nearly pick um, straight mm. up, you know, when you yes. try it blind. Is there a great southern kind of descriptor that would that people will get to know when they have when they have these wines that that says that's great southern, hundred percent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's something. Um, having spent quite a lot of time in South Australia, making um, absolutely making a lot of Watervale Riesling and and um, working around Rieslings from um, the various sub-regions in Clare. Um, that's something that's sort of coming back and rediscovering um, Western Australian Riesling. But I think um, 
if I'm going to put sort of have some general terms, um, the florals uh, are a lot brighter. So you get a lot more of that sort of lavender, rose, potpourri aromatics on the nose, um, more so than um, than Clare Valley. Um, probably a little bit similar to say Eden, but the um, the, the acid is as a sort of saying. Um, is, is a lot softer, a lot more mineral, almost um, not quite saline, but that similar perceptive feeling of, of, um, of, of soft minerality on the palate. So the wines appear a little bit juicier and less um, less of that sort of racy, almost tongue-cutting acid. I find them a lot more approachable at a younger age than, say, Claire and, and Eden. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, just just some some lovely complexing sort of lychee flavors on the on the palate as well. They're probably the the keys that I see um, from the Great Southern and in particular Prongrups on a, on a regular basis. Those those three characteristics. So mm. um, they're very easy to drink when they're when they're younger. Getting back to the I suppose the uh, the museum series that you guys have got. So um, you've got. Do we buy them in a three pack? Is that typically how it's done? Is that is that what um, the the current release is probably the fourteen right now, um, and that comes with a, a slightly different label to our normal Howard Park um, label. It comes with um, the heritage label, which actually um, my my family's relationship with Howard Park goes back to the, the beginning, and my mum did the um, the museum release label, oh, wow. which is a um, a picture of uh, of some some carry trees from the um, the region where these are grown. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- so that's the current release that we do as a museum. But then we're also releasing the um, the the younger ones. So I think that we're we're sort of moving through the 2020 vintage now, which is a pretty stunning wine. And and the 2021 um, will uh, sorry the 2022 shouldn't be too far away um, either being a, a pretty good vintage to um to draw upon so um yeah we usually do a museum stream and a um and a current release um so you can sort of choose which ones you uh what night you're sort of feeling um to have something a bit richer or mm. something um to have more with a sort of summer summer um sort of cuisine as well yeah i mean riesling is um you know we, we keep being told how how underrated it is and and which you know, in some ways it's good because the price is kind of quite accessible. Um, but they're beautiful and, and really, mm. the, you know, the crisp, dry white that you want, it's, I mean, Riesling has so many layers to things, you know, to, and there are so many good versions of Riesling that, um, yeah, like I say, are not not 100 bucks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's absolutely one of the those fantastic value um, varietals. And I think... Um, because it hasn't has had the sort of inclusion of oak, its um, winemaking style is usually a little bit cheaper. Um, mm. But it's it's just such a fantastic match for the for the food that we eat. Living on yeah. you know mostly around the coast, um, we have fantastic seafood um, available to us, particularly from Great Southern. There's great oysters and um, and mussels and you know a glass of riesling and, and a fresh shut um, Albany oyster is um, yes. the yeah. pretty pretty good mix <laughs> well that's the thing it is a very versatile wine and um uh, it's 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 so friendly to so many different types of food i mean the seafood absolutely you know some some asian with some spice and just it's you know there, there aren't that many things that i probably you know, would feel like you i should definitely not be drinking a riesling with yeah yeah um 
and it's it's one of those great greats as well because you can make it in such a, a broad range of styles. So you can. Mm. Um, I've just recently had a, a really nice um, sparkling riesling from um, from Dukes in the Prongrups, and then um, mm. and that was that was a really good sort of entree um, meal. But you um, yesterday we had a, a great sort of Moselle, um, which is from from Germany, and that that had a little bit of. Um, residual sugar to it, so mm. that was sort of wine that we started to drink um, as we we're moving into our sort of cheeses and and desserts. Mm. But then you know you can go even richer and sweeter than that with some of the um, the, the late harvest or botrytized ones, where the where the fruit mm. is allowed to, um, to to dehydrate and get really really concentrated. Um, mm. and, and and there's varying levels in in the German wine system. It's just it's a wonderfully versatile grape, um, akin to you know the the great sort of uh, Chardonnay and Pinots for sure. Um, for 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 its versatility and high quality outcomes from mm. from varying styles. So we are beginning to see some sparkling rieslings, but um, well, as far as I'm aware, it's, they certainly haven't made a huge mark yet. Is this something that um, is this something we're going to start seeing? Like, are we going to walk into bottle shops and be able to buy a, a nice sparkling Riesling? Oh, uh, I, you know, I, I'd really like to. Um, I, mm. I don't know that there's there's not a huge amount of people who are doing it. Um, mm. And I, I know that there was that historically there was a few made out of the Claire in the um, in the nineties. Leasingham did, um, Ed Carr did one for quite some time. Um, mm. It is a variety that has that. Um, that natural acidity that you need for high quality sparkling wine making. Um, yep. So it's got all of the tools there. Um, I think um, we just need to get it into a lot of <laughs> a lot of people's glasses before we can yeah. start to yeah. see that probably critical mass sitting on the shelf. Yeah. But um, you do you do see them around, um, but they are um, a, a, probably a bit of a rarity. Um, but uh, they do make some lovely sort of crisp and crunchy and very sort of floral. Um, styles of wine but um, yeah. I think the bigger demand is for the, the still versions um, so that they, mm. they will continue to be I think made for a long time in the future um, Hey Nick um, we've only got a couple more minutes but um, if we because now we can fly over straight to Bunbury and from Melbourne and uh, yeah. and drop yeah. into you guys um, yeah. so if we come and see uh, you at the Cellador or Howard Park Cellador tell us yes. what we would expect and um some highlights we need to kind of be aware of. To yeah, yeah. Uh, look, um, it's uh, our cellar doors right in in Margaret River. Uh, oh, sorry, in the Margaret River wine region in a in a um, locality called Williabra. Yep. Um, it's uh, our one. Uh, the winery in cellar door is in the middle of our Leicester Estate vineyard. Um, so it's it's that beautiful, stereotypical, <laughs> picturesque vineyard surrounded mm. by um, Carrie and Mary um, and Jarrah Forest. Um, which which dot the Margaret River region. Um, it's sort of soft rolling hills. The wines that we, um, being a Margaret River and Great Southern specialist, that we sort of hang our hats on is obviously our, our range of Rieslings, but um, also some fantastic um, examples of Margaret River Chardonnay from um, the southern sections, the cooler sections of Margaret River. And mm. um, the fruit that we do best um, from our own, from, from the Leston Vineyard um, outside the winery is, is Cabernet. Um, so they're, they're the sort of the three varieties that we, we concentrate with vigour um, on um, really trying to get some um, sort of high quality outcome. But um, 
that the great thing about Market River is as well is you're never too far from another cellar door as well. Yeah. Um, so down yeah. the road, you know, you can visit um, probably four or five within a um, you know a good hour's run if you're you're very selective with your tasting. But um, <laughs> yeah, and, and close to some of the best best and most picturesque coastlines in the world. Um, with my heavy bias for Western <laughs> It really is one of um, the most beautiful parts in the world and um, we're really lucky to make wine here and, and, and live in, the, in this pristine environment. So yeah. um, I've, I've taken that flight to Melbourne going the other way. Um, it's, it's a pretty easy joint, so um, we do encourage you to come and visit us. Yeah, um, well, we were, yeah, we had a long time of being told we, we don't come anywhere near us, and uh, <laughs> now now apparently we're welcome again. So that that's yes. good. Um, uh, have you? Uh, are you a surfer? Have you learnt to surf? I'm not a surfer. I, well, I, I, in my youth, I did a little bit of surfing, but um, these days I, I enjoy um, probably a bit more time swimming with my kids, and um, <laughs> I'm hoping to get them into surfing when they're uh, a little bit bigger and but um i really love mountain biking and there's some great mountain yeah. biking trails that, that have yeah. just been put in in the region so there's that's um that's just behind my house so i can um just jump on the bike after work and enjoy um a bit of uh a bit of rolling hills um looking over the ocean it's pretty um sounds idyllic. Pretty amazing <laughs> <laughs> sounds very nice um mm. nick thank you um it's been great having a chat thank you for um for giving us a little update on the Howard Park story and uh, enjoy your time there. It sounds like um, you found your spot. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty idyllic. And, and thank you both, um, Jill, for, for having me. Mm, good one. Oh, it's been great, Nick. We'll, uh, we'll speak again, I'm sure.